On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Coming up next, America Can We Talk with your host, Debbie Georgiatos. And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatos. Today in our show, I want to talk about truth about America, barbarians needed. I can't wait to tell you about this. Uh, Fox surrenders in the Dominion defamation lawsuit. Also can't wait to tell you about that. Uh, New York City Judiciary hearing. That would be the Judiciary Committee hearing held in Washington, uh, Alvin Bragg confronted. Uh, Jim Jordan says Biden orchestrated the 51 intelligence officers letter that took down the Biden laptop. And if we get to it, influence peddling by more Biden family members investigated. And I'm going to tell you why these stories matter to you. You know, when I do this show, I do the show to talk about why America matters, what's unique and extraordinary and great about America. And I try to say, in fact, a little tagline at the start of the show uh, or at the end of the show says truth about America. And I just feel like America, if it could be a plaintiff in a defamation lawsuit, if America could sue all of the news outlets, uh, pundits, politicians, academicians, a whole wide range of people in this country, if America itself, the good, unique, extraordinary idea of America could be the plaintiff, it will be easily provable that America itself, the idea, has been defamed, has been attacked, maligned, lied about by the anti-American left in this country, and most especially in this time, really even by the Uniparty in Washington. But I, I talked about wanting to talk about the truth about American barbarians needed. So there was a great piece today on American Thinker, which I really urge you to go to. Um, it's a great website. But American Thinker had a piece up where essentially, I think it was called... Um, with the barbarians in the gates, we may need your we may need our own barbarians. And you know, this idea of we look at ancient war, and you can look at you know, war throughout history. Uh, this gentleman uh, who wrote this article, he wrote under a uh, pseudonym, but uh, I don't know what his real name is. But he wrote under the name um, Hank Davenport, uh, which he acknowledges not his real name. But he just gives gives a few allusions to in history, a few uh, references or examples in history where barbarians, truly brutal attackers, came up against civilized society, came up against established order, and pretty much destroyed it. The most recent example, which many uh, in living in the world today remember, or at least remember having learned about quite a bit, had to do uh, back when um, Chamberlain, when heading up as as uh, Hitler was starting his march through Western Europe and starting his, you know, expanding the um, Third Reich. Uh, Chamberlain met with him, uh, as this guy describes. Chamberlain met with Hitler, a genocidal madman, and came running back to England. You all the famous, you know, he's waving a napkin or a piece of paper, and Chamberlain is and tells the people of England, don't worry, you know, Hitler said he won't destroy us. Don't worry, we'll have peace in our times. He was quoting, I mean, he. the, the idiotic nature of this is, Chamberlain can see how aggressive the, that Hitler is being, and he is expanding, attempting to expand, beginning to expand, uh, the German march essentially to take over the world. But Chamberlain goes trotting over there, meets with Hitler, and gets him. He goes, oh, oh, Hitler it says, you know, so you mean you don't want us to um, take you down? Okay, okay, I, I, we, we'll promise we won't take you down. Just leave us alone. Let us do our battle that we're doing. Leave us alone. And Chamberlain is foolish enough to recognize or, or to think, oh, yeah, this is probably real. And so Hitler signs off, and Chamberlain goes racing back to England, waving his piece of paper in his hand. Don't worry, we'll have peace in our times. Obviously, Chamberlain is mocked and ridiculed, rightly so, because he was duped by a madman, and he was duped into thinking that evil people will probably stop and then they'll stop 
aggressing and attacking if, if they promise they will. And they probably don't have the intention that it, that it seems it's obvious they do have. So, as we all know, you know, Hitler continued his uh, madman rampage and the number of deaths, you know, arising out of the, um, that war, the Second World War, was in the range of 85 million people. Now, we'll never know what would have happened if Chamberlain was as smart as Winston Churchill as discerning and said, you know, you, you got to stop this guy. We're going to stop him now. We're not going to negotiate with him. We're not going to discuss with him the pros and cons of his Nazism. We're not going to discuss pros and cons of his attack on other sovereign nations. We're going to stop him. And, you know, the world will never know what would have happened had Chamberlain done that. So now move yourself forward to where we are in America in the year 2023. Everyone paying attention recognizes that we are watching the bulldozing of freedom in America under the he who occupies the White House. The, we, are, we are literally an occupied country because we didn't elect Biden and Harris, but they were, plant, they were implanted, they were imposed on the American people who wanted a continuation of the Trump policies. But in 2020, we were told, oh no, you know, Biden won. We are now living under allowing that theft of an election to occur, but we're living under now the policies of the Biden administration. And whether you want to excuse his administration with, well, they don't mean to be abandoning the border, but the border's big and they have other things going on. You're watching the evisceration of America because we don't enforce the border. You're watching, as examples given this article, um, you know, we have the CDC, which, who lied lied to the American people throughout the entire, and still today, throughout the entire pandemic, throughout the entire COVID-19 episode in this country, you have the CDC, Anthony Fauci, lying to the American people about the efficacy of very effective treatments that would help people who were suffering from the symptoms of COVID-19 and lying about the safety of the vaccines. And you have millions of Americans, millions who see the truth, who can read articles all over the internet explaining what well, we have a, an explosion of unexplained sudden deaths, an explosion of deaths uh, in the healthy ages, the life insurance companies reporting how we have people in these, the age range of whatever, I think it's 18 to 45 or what, it's in that ballpark, you know, a, a, a massive spike up in deaths in that age group of people uh, who they did not die of COVID. So the, the, everyone's aware of the vaccine's danger. The American people are aware. They read, they learn. And I'm going to get around to, before I I'm give a couple more examples, to try to describe why the barbarian theme is when I'm on that today. I mean, we have, as, as an example, now everyone paying attention understands that the border isn't being enforced. The southern border, we are allowing a massive invasion. In fact, there's a story I think I'll bring to you tomorrow that is about discovery of how complicit, apparently, the American government actively is in not just refusing and failing to enforce the border, but enabling people from South America, and they, they're not native South Americans, but they are gathering in South America and coming across America's southern border. It appears our government is helping that. So we have a massive invasion of the southern border and the third example I'll give, and there are literally dozens, but the third one I'll give is the idea of the Department of Justice is going after, you know, showing up. If you didn't see my show last Thursday, I urge you to go listen to that show from last Thursday. Uh, we had as our guests on the show two Texans. It's a married couple who live on a farm uh, who were not at all political, but they could see, as everyone paying attention could see, that the election was stolen in 2020. They chose to go to Washington to support President Trump on, on January 6, 2021. They did zero zip, not a nothing wrong. But when they were physically attacked by a Capitol Police, I mean, excuse me, by a Metro Police officer who was hitting them with a billy club, and they literally, to defend themselves, did this and tried to push him back just so he stopped hitting them, they're being charged, they have been charged with nine crimes, and they are going to be tried in August, and they are facing literally decades in prison. I gave you those examples to say, you look at Chamberlain and you say, you know, had Chamberlain been just a little bit more discerning and said to the people of the UK and the world, this guy's a madman, he'll never stop. 
It doesn't matter. He told me he will stop. He'll never stop. And the only way we're going to survive as the free world without massive millions and millions dead is to fight him now. But instead, he bought into the lunacy. He's kind of trying to negotiate, Chamberlain was, with Hitler. Okay, we don't care who else you kill, but just don't come to us. We're in the same position now. We American citizens are on as, as Chamberlain with all of these and other issues I laid out. And the simple point is this. The leftists who are overtaking this country, this Marxist, tyrannical takedown of American freedom, the uh, prosecution of people who did nothing wrong on January 6th, literally nothing, and the keeping people in prison on January 6th uh, for the January 6th episode, uh, who still are being denied due process, many being held uh, in solitary confinement for no reason, just because they can, and because due process isn't given to people the administration hates. Uh, we have, as you know, the Biden administration openly trying to control speech through their short-lived disinformation uh, board, and now their efforts to now discover that they did through social media. And so you have that whole episode and it's in Washington, D.C. You have the, the January 6th thing. You have the, the incident with the CDC and COVID, and you still have a government. You still, in the great state of Texas, you still have the Texas Medical Board going after a doctor who prescribed ivermectin to a COVID patient who got better, and she's threatened with losing her license. That doctor will be on my show on Thursday, Dr. Mary Tally Bowden. And here's my real point in this first segment. You can't negotiate. As Reagan told us, you can't negotiate with terrorists. No more negotiation with anything the left is doing to this country. And that includes the transgender lunacy. That includes the trans grooming of young children in school. It, inclu it includes the uh, just mental illness involved in having drag queen shows demanding to be have a right to entertain in kindergarten classes, at public libraries for small children. Everyone sane can see that the left is completely out of line on all of those issues. They are outrageously out of line on the transgenderism and transgender grooming, on the drag queen shows, on the persecution of the January 6th defendants, to the exclusion of all the people who actually committed real violence throughout 20, not 2020, 2021, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, all of the George Floyd riots, virtually no one actually prosecuted and sent to prison, virtually no one. You have just the riots we talked about, uh, I think yesterday on the show, we have in California, uh, we have in Com the city of Compton, uh, teens out on the streets, uh, you know, literally breaking windows, lighting cars on fire, smashing cars. And we have the same thing occurring in Chicago. And we have nothing happening, nothing happening to them. In fact, if anything, the leftists in charge are excusing them and, and, and blaming society and corporate America and rich people or some stupid, illogical uh, argument they make to blame somebody else. And the whole thing, as, as Chamberlain learned later, you can't negotiate with Hitler. And we in America, and this is why this article was called, We Need a Few Barbarians, we need people on the conservative side. You don't have to be far right. There's nothing far right. There's nothing extreme, nothing radical about saying, we want you to leave our children alone and stop trying to lure them into genital mutilation. Stop trying to lure them into that. Stop abusing the criminal justice system by locking up people who did, many of whom did nothing more than enter the Capitol, stood around, watched and left. And even the evidence, and on this point and many other ones, the real facts are out there. The real facts are out there. We're not like Chamberlain who couldn't really necessarily foresee all that Hitler would do. Chamberlain had to go, you know, had to realize later, well, I guess I got, I misread that situation. He, so he had facts later that made very obvious how ignorant he was. But we know all these facts. We in America, and this is part of why, you know, I talk about the need for barbarians, we know the facts. The vast majority of Americans know. We know the 2020 election was stolen. We know that voting machines are regularly used for stealing elections. We know the mail-out ballots is a, is a mail-out fraud system. We know the January 6th people are being grotesquely mistreated by our criminal justice system. We know all these things. We can see what the left is doing. And this is a problem where we get to as Americans.
because there's a growing number of people recognizing we see the truth, we see the truth about COVID, about the danger of the vaccines, the lack of necessity for the vaccines, the efficacy of current treatments. We see these truths. We see these truths about January 6th. We see these truths. We see the truth on issue after issue after issue. And it seems like there's nothing we can do about it. That, that's why, at its core, why there's such profound political tension in this country. Because people see what's happening, they see the truth, and they realize, I have no power to do anything. We can't force the Biden administration to conduct itself in a lawful manner. We can't force them to enforce the border, to protect American citizens from the now, you know, new reports of a lot of Chinese natives, people from China, and they're not coming here to escape communism. They very much look like a, a force being set in place by China. We have Joe Biden hopelessly compromised as to China and the Ukraine, but China especially, taking billions in. And the average American is watching the situation saying, what are we supposed to do about this? How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to, to get America back? See, folks, these elections, I mean, we have elections coming in Texas in the next couple of months, the municipal elections, but every election from dog catcher to president matters because part of the problem is, is this leftism, this utter divorce from reality, utter dishonesty about what they're doing, what they intend to do, what they're trying to do to America. It has infiltrated not just the Biden White House, not just the Democrat majority in the Senate, and not just the, the Democrat legislatures around this country. It's permeated and invaded like, like a cancer corporate America, the, the academia from you know, grad school to kindergarten, the, the entire education establishment, this wokeness, this disconnect from reality, this dishonesty about elections, about the border, about January 6th, about everything. The mentality that says, we're just gonna keep lying to the American people, we're just gonna keep taking away their freedom, and they can't do a thing about it. And this is really where you talk about what, you know, what the frustration level is in America. It's because we realize we can't figure out a way to fight. And this, to my view, now I will tell you, as we look at the 2024 presidential election coming up, maybe some other candidate of strength will emerge the GOP side. I, I don't know. I bet right now, Donald Trump is the only one, the only even imaginable figure who can stand up to this takedown, this barbarian takedown of America on all the and dozens more. He's the only one. Now, I recognize maybe DeSantis, I, I have thought recently maybe he's not even going to run. I said it several times. He, he's getting killed in the polls by Donald Trump, but you know, he's going to, he may be too far invested. He may have too much money invested in him, too much commitment that he's made. He has to pursue it. But, but I would, I've yet to see the fight and yet to see the clarity of perception of the situation out of the uh, campaign, the DeSantis campaign, as it is already being mounted. You don't hear it. You don't see it. It's a very, it, it's not concerned about the globalist thing because it's funded by the globalists. You got to understand that DeSantis campaign funded by the globalists. And so all the, the uh, clarity you've heard out of Trump talking about we're not going to have the globalists in charge, we're not surrendering American sovereignty, we're not surrendering our sovereignty to the World Health Organization or the UN or the World Economic Forum or any other international globalist entity. Trump sees that, he says it, and he will fight it. I don't think that DeSantis has that fight in him. I, I think, in fact, he can't have it in him because of who's funding him. But, you know, who knows, things could happen. So to kind of wrap up this topic very quickly on the, this, um, the barbarians, we need fighters on our side. We don't need people to negotiate with the left or the uniparty on any issue. No more negotiating, no more compromise. Okay, well only transgender, a smaller percentage of our poor little children, innocent children, or only persecute a few more innocent people on January 6th, or only you know close up a little more of the border, but mostly leave it open. There's no negotiation between what the left is trying to do and what is good for America. And what is needed is leaders at every level to be that strength to be that voice. It's not really being a barbarian. It's really just being a patriot. That's what we need, folks. More honest, hard-fighting patriots. 
Okay, oh, I'm going to start this topic. Um, I want to talk about Fox News. Uh, it is actually a very interesting situation with Fox. You likely know uh, that Fox is the one usually uh, when leftists want to kind of mock conservatives, leftists are always saying, well, you know, Fox News, I mean, you know, who would listen to that? You know, Democrats always think Fox News is the big, you know, stronghold of conservatism. And if you're paying attention, you realize that that used to be true and it's kind of fallen apart. In fact, I'll share something with you. I have a good friend um, who's, I mean, utterly trustworthy, who talks with and knows, you know, has talked with Sean Hannity, uh, directly heard the conversation in a, in a car with him, um, where the Fox News hosts that you know and like, I mean, leaving Tucker Carlson out of this, but Tucker Carlson's also bound by this. Fox requires of its hosts a list, there's literally, literally a list of about 20 items they're not allowed to talk about. Literally 20 items that any conservative, any conservative would say, yeah, I want Fox to come out, talk about election fraud. But they don't, they don't talk about it at all. So my friend was in the car in a conversation uh, with, and it was one of the top, top Fox News hosts trying to say, why don't you come over and work for a network that will let you speak? let you say what is true. And the person, this major league top level Fox News host is saying, here's a list of issues we're not allowed to talk about, read a bunch of them out loud on the phone. The one that st stuck with me so much was election fraud. They're not supposed to talk about it. They've been, it's part of their contract, lose their job if they do. A whole host of issues like that. So Fox has been compromised big time. And so I'm getting at the point that it's kind of amazing, even though Fox has more or less capitulated and more or less gone along with a leftist mantra that, you know, don't be, there's no such thing as election fraud. It's a far right conspiracy theory. You know, Fox has kind of gone along with that. Kind of gone along and said, well, we're not going to really talk about election fraud. They don't let their hosts do it. In fact, I'm going to call my friend back and try to get the whole long list. But we're going to talk about more about that, this idea of what Fox doesn't talk about, and they're still being sued by Dominion. So Dominion voting machines, the, uh, you know, the maker of these electronic voting machines that are used uh, in states around the country to, for elections. They're, they're used for people to, you know, cast their vote and they, they store early votes in the Dominion voting machines. You know, so you have early voting, a playground for election theft, early voting. They ought to just have election day only voting in this country, make it a holiday, give everyone the day off, a paid day off, make the employers do that uh, one day, you know, and show up and vote that day with very, very, very minor exceptions for if you're serving in the military and you're out of the country, or, I mean, very narrow exceptions. Anyway, getting back to um, Dominion. So Dominion was the voting machine manufacturer who was frequently mentioned during the uh, aftermath of 2020 elections, much discussion about um, you know, whether Dominion, uh, whether the voting machines were hackable, were they hackable, you know, can they be hacked by a computer hacker and can the contents inside be changed? If any of you have not yet read Mesa County report number three, Mesa County report number three, just look it up. I used to say Google it, but I hate to have you use Google, but whoever you use to do your search engine, to be your search engine, look up Mesa County report number three. It is the third in a series of reports that, that analyzed this data that was literally a forensic image was taken by a knowledgeable expert on the Dominion voting machines in Mesa County, Colorado. So the forensic image was taken and instead of voting uh, Dominion voting machines, and then, then Dominion came in, did it trusted build, that's their term, trusted build. And then a second forensic image was taken of the same machines after the trusted build. And so the data are there for to look at if you are an expert, which I'm not, but the people who looked at it are experts to contrast what was in the machines, you know, before the trusted build, what was in after. And this report was made it crystal clear to anyone willing to be honest about it, that the Dominion voting machines are at the, at the minimum hackable. I mean, they are hackable in the same way every computer in the country is hackable. And that in that case, in Mesa County, Colorado, that they were, that they, the data were changed. I mean, voting rolls, voting records are pulled out, new records put in. I mean, it was a clear, clear, uh, undeniable evidence of, of the, um, 
lack of, of the vulnerability, of the lack of reliability on the Dominion voting machines. So I could go more on that except to say, I, I want to get back to what's happening to Fox. So Dominion is always defending its voting machines. They're not hackable. They're the safest thing since ever, whatever they say. I mean, it's just silly, but they, they try to keep saying there's nothing wrong with their machines. And so um, they had on Fox, they had a um, reports. Fox doesn't, the hosts don't do the reports themselves, but talk show hosts, or, or I mean, excuse me, candidates and others uh, on Fox um, made reference to these, um, you know, to this problem of the Dominion voting machines, the challenge, the challenge of the machines, and so uh, Dominion has sued Fox for defamation. The, the trial starts today. Today's the start of this trial. And to remind you about defamation, it is a tort. And in defamation, you know, the complete defense to an allegation of defamation is truth. It's a it's a complete defense. So if someone said, you know, Debbie Jo Jazz wore a hot pink jacket today, you know, I mean, if I sued you, the fact I have a hot pink jacket on ends the case. There is no case to be had. Truth is a complete defense. That's what that term means in defamation. So Dominion suing Fox, and because statements were made by others on Fox, maybe not by the host, but by guests they were interviewing, that essentially challenged the Dominion voting machines. And... And Fox is trying to defend its case, defend against the claim of defamation without attacking the integrity of the Dominion voting machines. I mean, my point is, if Fox could say and say, and we would like to put on evidence to prove that the, the Dominion voting machines are subject to being hacked, they are vulnerable, they are a problem. But Fox is so determined not to say that, not to get on the, the election was stolen bandwagon, that they're trying to defend this case. They're being sued by Dominion. Instead of Fox saying, yeah, but your machines are vulnerable, and therefore, and, and you know, there's credible evidence that, that people show that have shown it appears they were hacked and, and that it impacted the outcome of the election. They're trying to defend it on the basis of saying, well, we didn't say it, and you know, we we Fox didn't say it, so they kind of want to they want to defend it on the basis of. Um, okay, one more thing about it. I want to tell you. So the case go, went to trial today. It was supposed to go yesterday, and there was a brief um, break in the uh, trial schedule. It was supposed to be a three-week, no, six-week trial, um, and the judge said that the the parties were apparently discussing settlement, which um, I I can't imagine why. I mean. Fox just wants to get out of this somehow. But I'm getting at my, my point back to the original, the opening segment about this idea. Uh, 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 we need barbarians to fight because everything that leftists do is a lie. Everything they stand for is a lie. And they, they don't care. And, and there's no negotiating with them. There's no, there, there's no exposing them and they stop. So all by that, by way of saying, Fox has really, you know, put itself in a in a um, terrible hole, because they they won't defend on the argument that, but the machines are corruptible and they are vulnerable, and there was evidence that they that in some cases they were hacked, and I mean they won't do it, so they want to, yeah, they, they so which would be the complete defense. So instead, they want to go for the kind of mealy mouth. Yeah, but we didn't really say anything that bad. Not us. It was them, not us. Um, and I'll just tell you something else really interesting. The judge in this case has already, um, has a credibility problem. I feel, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there are the other issue they're down on. I'm going to get to some more things in a minute, but the other issue they're down on where they're really thinking they're going to, uh, Fox is saying it can defend itself successfully is to say that they didn't act with actual malice. Because in defamation cases, when either party is kind of a, is a public figure or a public entity, like everyone's heard of them, you know, then then the uh, plaintiff, which is Dominion in this case, has to show that Fox acted with actual malice. That isn't enough to show that they allowed something to air that was in that was untrue, which I don't think they did, but. You know, it's not that that's not the untrue part, but they, um, Dominion, has to prove that there was actual malice in the uh, thinking or actions that Fox undertook, and and that is where Fox is trying to hang their hat. 
not saying, yeah, your machines are a problem, but to say instead, but we didn't have actual malice. We, we didn't mean to be mean. I mean, we didn't mean to be lying. We just kind of, you know, it, it's a, it's the most spineless defense and it is inconsistent with the barbarian attitude needed to stand up to all of what is occurring in this arena on election fraud. You can't, I mean, it's like, I mean, in so many issues that we face, people who are, who see the truth are willing to speak the truth and stand up for the truth. They get lured into thinking, I don't really have to, you know, come out with the whole truth. I can just kind of tiptoe around about, um, you know, other, other aspects of the truth um, or a compromise with the truth. Instead of just saying, you know, instead of Chamberlain saying, Hitler's a madman, we better stop him now. You know, he said, well, you know, he's going to leave us alone. We can compromise with him. There is no compromising with the mindset of people like at Dominion. There's no compromising. And so they're going forward to trial against Fox, and Fox is trying to hang his defense on, well, we didn't have actual malice. There are more aspects of this story. I do want to come back to this story, but I'm gonna, I can see I'm going to run out of time about the other things I want to talk about. Um, I will urge you, uh, there's a wonderful writer on Substack, Emerald Robinson. I, I love urging people to read Substack. It, it, I mean, p various individuals have a Substack account. And if you go to Substack, it's Emerald Robinson. Um, and she wrote a brilliant and lengthy piece about all these shortcomings, I would say, um, in this litigation. But it mainly springs from the uh, danger Fox is in, uh, springs entirely from their unwillingness to just say what's true to just stand up for truth. They won't do it. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay, uh, I, have, I have several things I want to hit today in this um, happy show today. I um, I put New York City Judiciary hearing brag confronted, and I called it this. So it's a really funny thing. You know, Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA, has brought no less than 34 charges against Donald Trump. And of course, those charges um, all stem from, I'm sorry, I've really got to fix this. Sorry, my home studio, i got to fix my little thing there. Okay, so Alvin Bragg has brought 34 charges against Donald Trump. And the charges essentially stem from Donald Trump's filings with the Election Commission uh, during his campaign in 2016, or whenever it was, yeah, 2016. And um, he allegedly, uh, the allegation is that, that um, Trump paid uh, a porn star to keep her quiet because they had some kind of relationship. Although she, the porn star, has said they never had they never had sex they never were intimate but whatever you know so the allegation though is not about their intimacy it's about this payment and whether or not this payment had to be declared uh, on as a campaign expenditure on the end of the FEC the federal law so FEC looks at this two different prosecutors both Democrats look at this FEC says nothing to it Alvin Bragman Hatton DA who ran on got elected on his promise I'll get Donald Trump now there is a noble I mean you think about the what a prosecutor should be like in the American system of justice and how far we have fallen that that guy could win his role, win, win the office because he's basically saying, don't worry, I'll get Trump. So he brings 34 charges against Trump and, and they're off and running. I mean, they are just, you know, on, on the same facts that caused the um, FE's two, two different uh, prosecutors look at it and say, there's nothing here and nothing to be prosecuted. And Alvin Bryson, no, I'll find something. So what's happened is uh, Jim Jordan, who's chair of the House Judiciary Committee, I, I really, I met him a little bit. I don't know him well. I deeply respect him. I think he's just, uh, he's just a very strong, unwavering, he's a great guy, and he's a very direct speaker. So anyway, he chairs the House Judiciary Committee, and they decided, uh, the House Judiciary decided to hold a hearing. You know, they, to, House Judiciary has subpoenaed first uh, someone who, a lawyer who previously worked for Alvin Bragg in the Manhattan DA's office named Pomerantz, and, you know, basically uh, they subpoenaed him, the House Judiciary, to get Pomerantz to come and testify because Pomerantz quit Alvin Bragg's office, quit the prosecutor's office because he was angry that Alvin Bragg was didn't move fast enough in finding some way to take to to, to uh, charge Donald Trump with something. I mean, these people, if they ever had a clue what the justice system was supposed to be like, and the rule of law, and the the uh, you know the blind justice, all these things that we used to hold up America as unique and great about, and this guy. He's entirely in this office because I want to get this guy. I mean, he's, you know, Trump derangement syndrome on steroids, it sounds like. Anyway, so 
uh, House Judiciary first subpoenas Pomerantz, uh, big scuffle, he doesn't want to show up, and then uh, House Judiciary then uh, subpoenas Alvin Bragg. And the, the argument is, just so you know, is that Alvin Bragg and his whole DA's office relied on the federal government, federal documents, federal information to have adequate information to make this state-based charge. Because as a state DA, Alvin Bragg can only you know, you know, he can only prosecute for violation of New York state law. So, there, you know, he's colluding with the feds who are also on his side, or that's so, so the argument goes. So, a so what Jim Jordan decided to do was to hold a House Judiciary Committee meeting, a hearing in New York City, in Manhattan, right where Alvin Bragg is. And he brought in uh, some people who are suffering under the ridiculous... Uh, standards that, and, and by the way, Alvin Bragg, if you hadn't guessed it already, uh, Alvin Bragg was a George Soros, is a George Soros funded DA. So he's funded by the guy whose main mission in life is to take down America, destroy America, destroy America's unique greatness. This is who, so Soros funds this guy, Alvin Bragg, and you know, he's, according to many people in New York City, you know, crime uh, is growing, crime is rampant, People are arrested for things that they should be charged for. They're arrested but never charged, or they're charged with a, a relatively small, a minor charge. So they're not really being held accountable for their actions. So Jim Jordan holds this hearing, House Judiciary, uh, in Manhattan, and he's inviting in people to speak to tell about, you know, um, what they're, uh, you know, how they're suffering. So he had, for example, um, he had a woman uh, come in who's talked about her son was murdered. I mean, if you can imagine, I, I can barely get those words out, you know, because you imagine as a mother how you'd feel. So her son was murdered. She's actually part of a group, a, a victim's rights group. Um, and she's trying to say the guy who murdered her son, you know, for no reason at all, he got like 20 years or something. So she's saying he took a life. Why didn't he get life? You know, like in other places, we send people away for life when you kill somebody. So she's she's got her story. Other people, in fact, it was a, a dad who's Jewish uh, who went out of his way in his remarks at this Judiciary Committee uh, thing to talk about his own young adult son who was brutally, brutally beaten uh, as he was uh, dressed in obviously Jewish garb, wearing a yarmulke and heading off to some uh, political activity. And he was brutally beaten. And the uh, allegation was basically the people who, the mob who attacked him got very, very little attention from the prosecutor, very, very treated as very unserious matter. Um, and so they had, you know, they, the point in Jim Jordan bringing in the hearing to Manhattan is this is a guy, Alvin Bragg, who can find apparently time to cook up 34 charges against the main contender for the GOP nomination for the presidency, and who, uh, in most people's or many people's minds, is a guy who actually should be in the White House right now. And so, you know, Jim Jordan's saying this guy had all this time to cook up charges, and he had to spend time presenting them to the to the uh, grand jury to get the grand jury indictment. I mean, it's just you know, it's a big grand political takedown of a political opponent. And and so Jim Jordan's saying at at the expense of the people of New York City who are living under a more dangerous time in a more dangerous time because this DA will not go after people. So. Uh, at the hearing, uh, it was very interesting. The, this dad, I mentioned who's Jewish, whose adult son was accosted, he actually got after the Jewishness of Nadler and Schumer, who were both, uh, Nadler is on this committee, Schumer, uh, obviously a senator, but he's you know from New York. And this dad said, you know, as a fellow uh, New York City Jew, um, how can you do this? How can you allow this assault with very little consequence? So it got really heated and some people stormed in, they stormed into the hearing, they had to be removed. And you know, uh, Nadler made some opening comment. Yeah, let me be very clear. We are here for one reason, one reason only, the chairman is doing the bidding of Donald Trump. I mean, just, so he's taking shots at the chairman, people in the room are booing. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was a chaotic scene. And I'm talking about that because I talked to somebody yesterday um, who was saying essentially, she's not super political, and she was saying, you know, that was kind of a publicity stunt. 
I mean, why did they have to go to the Manhattan? They knew they're going to run into people who are pro-Trump, people who are anti-Trump, people who are waving signs outside, you know, and screaming and yelling and bursting into the hearing room. And they kind of knew um, that this was going to uh, beyond create kind of chaos. And I have to say, normally I, I, I'd be good with that that kind of characterization of this. They say, well, okay, but you know, um, you know, you, they have a capacity to hold hearings in Congress and they can call any witnesses they want. Although, you know, by the way, if you didn't know this, uh, they're not complying. Alvin Bragg is not complying with subpoena, has not turned over any of the documents he's supposed to turn over. So he's utterly giving the proverbial, you know, back of the hand to Jim Jordan saying, I'm not cooperating with you at all. In fact, he, um, Alvin Bragg sued Jim Jordan, sued the, the Judiciary Committee, and said, you know, you can't make me do this. I'm, and, you know, a judge has already told him, you know, no, I'm not quashing the subpoena. He asked the judge to quash the subpoena. Bragg wants the subpoena quashed so he doesn't have to show up at Congress. And the judge did not refuse that, would not quash the subpoena. And the judge basically is, is you know, he hasn't lost the case yet, but the signals are off the judge that this is a silly uh, effort on Alvin's, Alvin Bragg's part to say, you know, um, I don't have to listen to Congress. I, and, and when there is this nexus, this connection with the federal government's information being used, so that resources being used to go after a state, uh, alleged state crime. And I have, to get at this point about this uh, episode at the in Manhattan, I would normally say I love, I mean, part of the reason I do this show, my love for America, I love that we uh, made such a, a, an amazing nation out of just a group of people who came to America for religious freedom, in part, in great part, but also to have a new nation as they went to form the nation, they created a nation where we the people are the sovereign and we the people choose our government and there's no royalty, there is no king, no monarchy, we the people choose our government and we have among the great things found in the founding of America was a structure of our system, our, our governmental system. So I love the idea of having an orderly hearing in Congress chaired by the Judiciary Committee Chairman uh, Jordan and having, you know, an orderly process if people break in and, and cause chaos, well, unless they're challenging Kavanaugh, then they were allowed to break in and cause chaos. But beside that, you know, people, you pretty much aren't allowed to do that. And I think that's overall a good thing um, that we don't have um, just perpetual chaos. But I have to say, th these are extraordinary times. These are times when you literally have the left of America using every conceivable weapon it has to stop Donald Trump and to, to threaten his supporters, to intimidate his supporters. That's what's happening. And Jim Jordan can see this. He can see this effort to go after Trump with these just silly level charges. I mean, these, you know, I don't know what'll happen in terms of whether the charges will be thrown out, but this concept that, that we are in extraordinarily dangerous times in America, and we're supposed to fight with civility and decorum and follow the rules and hold an ordinary hearing when you have the left working every way they can to take down the presidency, to take down Donald Trump, who are benefiting from the fact that we have a corrupt election process where elections are stolen. They're benefiting from that. They won't investigate it. In fact, you have the left in the form of the Dominion voting machine people saying, you can't even talk about us. You can't even point out that our machines are problematic. We will, and, and Dominion silenced a lot of people. It's not just Fox they're trying to silence. They went after everyone who challenged them. So the idea that Jim Jordan said, yeah, let's have a little, you know, let's have a little strength shown by the Republican majority in the House. And the judiciary hearing held in, you know, in kind of in plain view. I, I think it was a brilliant and, and great move and doesn't bother me one tiny little bit. Okay, two off quick stories I'm going to try to get in. Um, one, um, so uh, Jim Jordan, same guy I've been talking about, House Judiciary Chair, um, he's been, of course, doing all sorts of um, discovery, and they're trying to get at, among many other things, how in the world did the FBI sit on the evidence of the Hunter Biden laptop from well before the election until after the election, and 
one of the reasons that the FBI uh, gives in defense of its not releasing the Hunter Biden laptop until after the election was over was, well, you know, we had this letter from, you know, I think it was 51, you know, uh, top former security officials in this country. They signed off in this letter and they said that the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing was a, you know, was a Russian disinformation. You likely recall this, a bunch of leftists signed off on a letter when more information was coming out. I think the New York Post ran the story and then this letter was issued and signed off by all these noble people saying, there's nothing to this Hunter Biden laptop. This looks like Russian disinformation to me, blah, blah, blah. And based on that, based on that, or justified at least in part by that, you know, the public didn't get to know until after the election that actually it really was Hunter Biden's laptop. It really contains evidence, emails, and I mean, leave aside the porn that was, was filled that laptop. I mean, videos of himself, pictures of himself with women and just grotesque, you know, just, just sick level porn that he enjoyed, I guess, having on his laptop. But leaving that aside, emails back and forth, all sorts of business transactions, making it obvious to anyone paying attention that there was a lot of money flowing from the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, through maybe an, a middleman or two, but right into the coffers of the Biden family. That's what was discovered. And so part of what Jim Jordan is now uncovering is that he says he has evidence based on the discovery the House Judiciary Committee is doing um, that the bogus letter, the bogus letter from these officials that, you know, kept everybody, you know, yes, 51 former intelligence officials, they put that letter up, by the way, in October of 2020. So right before the election, this letter comes out, there's nothing to this Hunter Biden laptop. Don't even be thinking about that. And so what Jim Jordan says he now has is evidence connecting the Biden campaign to this bogus letter that called Hunter Biden's laptop Russian disinformation. So just let me recap that for you. Biden's not even in office. Biden's running to win, running to win the election in November 2020. And now Jim Jordan has evidence that Biden was part of his campaign concocting this bogus letter to suppress the truth of everything that was in the Hunter Biden laptop. So uh, that's surely more to come from that. I, I think there will be more to come from that. But I think that, you know, again, this kind of, we're forced to live in this world of millions of people can see what's true. They can see that the Hunter Biden laptop, because everything composed in there was, to use their word, organic. Everything in the Hunter Biden laptop is his own emails that he sent and received. It's not creative writing by an enemy of the Democrats. It's Hunter Biden's own words. So they're in the laptop and, and things back to him, emails back to him from a whole variety of unsavory characters and some savory characters. So you have that level of knowledge that implicates the Chinese Communist Party as and implicates the big guy because money's flowing to him that inf that information is suppressed from the American people. The FBI has it. The uh, various people had it in October of 2020, and yet this letter is sent out. These 51 alleged experts, 51 alleged national security experts, saying sounds like Russian disinformation to me. And now it appears Biden was his team was part of suppressing it. I'm just telling you, folks. I'm just telling you this idea that. All of us are supposed to sit back and say, well, you know, turned out it was true, but you know, there's nothing, nothing to see here, nothing to do about this. This is the kind of thing that is driving the sane, well-informed, patriotic American crazy. Because it appears no consequence will ever flow. There will never be anyone held accountable. There will never be anyone held accountable for hiding the Hunter Biden laptop contents from the American people. No one will be accountable inside the FBI or otherwise, because even if, let's just say that the uh, House Judiciary Committee comes up with rock solid proof, and here it is, and these 25 people who were either at the FBI or in the DOJ or were, you know, were fully aware the laptop was real and they orchestrated and they maneuvered lies to be spread by these 51 people uh, who signed on to that letter, who's going to prosecute them? Who's going to prosecute anyone? We have a DOJ and an FBI functioning at the behest of this occupying force that is the Biden administration. 
and no one is ever going to act. This is part of what I, when I tell you, people are worried about America's future. Who's going to act? Who's going to do anything to hold someone accountable? I mean, the House can, House Judiciary Committee, they can hold hearings, they can issue a report, they can issue a lengthy report with name, rank, serial number, here's who they are, here's what they did. And this is what I'm telling you becomes, you talk about the collapse of America because most people paying attention realize there's no one who will do anything about it. No one in the whole federal government. Our federal government is so corrupted, so under the control of the anti-American Marxist left that has taken control of the Biden administration and this country, they will do nothing. And it makes the American people, you can understand, more and more people get concerned about how America is going to have a, um, a free and safe future. Okay, I do have um, one other story I was going to do, but before I do, you know, people ask me how to help this show. And so I want to just tell you two ways you can do that. And instead of me telling you again, um, I'm going to get to my one more story, which is about the uh, influence peddling and more Biden family members now implicated. But before I do, I'm going to ask Emilio, this is a quick little uh, pitch. I want to just tell you about how you can help this show by shopping at my pillow. My pillow, my husband and I shop there, would not exaggerate. Their stuff is just stellar. But let me just quick play this ad for you, and this is how you can help support this show and get some great stuff right at your front door. So one way to support this show is to go to mypillow.com, mypillow.com, and at that website, you will find a large number of very high quality products, just great products. My husband and I buy these products. I wouldn't advocate them to you if I didn't use them myself. But when you go to MyPillow.com and order pillows and sheets and towels and, and blankets and bathrobes and slippers and pajamas, just all sorts of great stuff. So go shopping at MyPillow.com. And when you're checking out, use the promo code DEBBIEG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, DEBBIEG. You will get up to 66% off and I will get a small payment from MyPillow for your purchase. It's a way to support the show, get great stuff delivered right to your home. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code DEBBIEG. Okay, folks. So you don't have to hear me say that over and over. I'm, I'm going to just leave that one for now and say I'll play it periodically. I'm very serious about this show. is listener supported. Nobody pays me. I've been doing this since the summer of 2014. And no one pays me. All I do is, and I work, as my husband points out, I work harder now than when I was a full-time litigator in a California law firm. Because I do this out of love of America, the desire to try to, to help more people appreciate America's unique and extraordinary greatness, and to recognize how severely America is under assault. The very promises of freedom that, that comprise the greatness of America are under assault. So I'm going to do this story in about uh, two minutes. I do want to do one last quick thing, um, this story. And this is about influence peddling by more Biden family members investigated. You know, people were kind of complaining when the Republicans got the majority in the House uh, after the last elections, um, that right away they began talking about investigations they were going to do. And committees were formed, special committees were formed. They had to first get through the discussion of the speaker's race. And Kevin McCarthy uh, has is now the speaker. He was the one who was the, the main um, person seeking to be speaker. And there was a great battle that was put on really by the actual conservatives, the brave conservatives in Congress, saying essentially, you know, um, they wouldn't agree to him, just who Kevin McCarthy is sending to the speakership without some concessions. And among the great concessions was the idea that they're going to force this house to actually investigate the Biden family as one thing, investigate the weaponization of government against the American people. They put together a, a committee to look into China. So I'm, I'm saying this to say, the people who complained about, oh my gosh, the Republicans got the majority, the first thing they do is just attack the left. You gotta understand, we have not lived in a time in American history that in any way equates to where we are today. So the House Republicans said, yes, we're going to look into all of this. We're going to look into and try to expose for the American people. And they know what I just said to you a few minutes ago. There is no hope that the DOJ will take a look at the kind of crimes that the, that the House is, under, is, is discovering and is exposing. 
The DOJ appears to be utterly under the control um, of the leftists and, and this administration. So anyway, all I can add in this story now, because I, I can't do a, a bunch on it today, but I'll come back to it more. But previously, when I had on the show, I had Sam Faddis on the show, F-A-D-D-I-S, Sam Faddis. Go back and find that interview at our show, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. AmericaCanWeTalk.org. That interview, uh, and also the Garrett Ziegler interview we did, uh, he was on the show on a Thursday a couple weeks ago. They're clear on, and they're trying to expose to the American people that the level of corruption in that that is has uh, has is is obvious to anyone paying attention. We are talking about a the Biden family, the Biden crime families are often called, having received over the years millions, millions from the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, the single strongest, biggest enemy of freedom in America. The CCP is that level enemy of America, and they have paid over the years millions. As recorded in the Hunter Biden laptop, in the emails, not someone else wrote, he wrote, and then what he received back. And so that email, those emails, that laptop show that millions have flowed to the Biden family. The great Sam Favis point was, you know, because he's worked, he worked as a CIA agent, and he's saying CCP is not going to keep on sending money repeatedly through the sort, the, the, the path it did to get to the Biden family, including to the big guy. Unless the Biden, unless Joe Biden is doing exactly what the CCP wants him to do, it's really important to understand that. If they paid once, they sent money, but Biden didn't do what they want him to do, they wouldn't send money again. This was Fabius's point. So where we are now, that it's a relatively uh, small discovery, but uh, Jordan, Jim Jordan, continuing to investigate, is pointing out now that in this oversight committee that they're now aware of more members of the Biden family. Uh, to whom the CCP's money flowed, because you can't put it all in Joe's uh, little savings account. You can't put it in his little check family checking. It went through a variety of other people. He's saying now nine Biden family members were at some level recipients of this CCP money. And I say that to say there can't be enough investigations of what is occurring in Washington. It's not because you know, yay, the Republicans got a slim majority, so they should just spend their time trying to find crimes that don't exist. It's because we are facing corruption in Washington, D.C., through the Biden family at, at an unprecedented level and at a time, at a time when the CCP is announcing to the world we intend to be the world's single, single superpower. We intend to take America down. That's our mission, and we're doing it. This is what the CCP is saying. This is what they have said. And now you know, because of the, uh, what was exposed in the laptop, money flowing to the Bidens, if, you, if the Republican majority in the House did not investigate this, that would be cause for deep concern. That would be cause for big-time questions. I close this show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today. We have, I believe, hell, yes, we do. Okay. We had a uh, truth about America. Barbarians needed an American thinker with the barbarians in the gates. We may need our own barbarians. The message World War II could only be won when America's toughest military leaders were unleashed. Nothing but the enemy, beaten into unconditional surrender, was acceptable. American patriots of 2023 must draw lines in the sand. There are not two reasonable points of view being debated anymore. Instead, it is America versus anarchy. Confrontation and fight are the reasons the American people support Trump. He's the only leader showing understanding of the war and a willingness to fight it. Millions of Americans see what is happening and what is at stake. Is the American character of LeMay and Patton still intact? I didn't get to those characters, but they're in the article. You should read that from American Thinker. But they were World War II leaders who said, you have to beat the daylights out of them until they surrender 100%, nothing less. Fox surrenders in the Dominion defamation lawsuit. Dominion voting systems have sued Fox News for defamation based on the post-2020 election commentary by Fox reporters and interviews about concerns over operational integrity of the voting machines. Documented evidence is abundant as to hackability and corrupt programming in the voting machines. See Mesa County Report Number 3, Dr. Douglas Frank, 
2018 documentary, Kill Chain, there's mountains of evidence out there about on that point. Supreme irony or karma, Fox News helped engineer the 2020 steal with Arizona, calling Arizona early, and everyone that night was saying, why are they calling Arizona? Will not permit its reporters to comment on the overwhelming evidence of election fraud, including corruption in the voting machines, but now faces a potential billion-dollar verdict on the theory that is defamatory to a voting machine company for Fox to talk about concerns that are documented as legitimate, a judicial system that attempts to dispense justice without regard to truth will result in injustice to everyone involved and destroy the reputations of all involved. Shame on Fox News, refusing to assert truth in its defense. In the New York City Judiciary hearing, Bragg confronted, U.S. House convenes a hearing in New York City on the price to ordinary citizens of politicized justice and decriminalizing violent behavior, hearing filled with irate citizens and some protesters. D.A. Alvin Bragg doesn't attend, ignores citizens, refuses cooperation with the oversight inquiries. Jordan's hearing may be great political theater, but will anything change for the better? This so far impotent spectacle is why Americans are fed up with both parties, although I don't mind that Jordan did that. And finally, Jordan says Biden orchestrated the 51 intelligence officer's letter. Evidence now emerging that pre-2020 election fraudulent letter of 51 intelligence officers claiming Hunter Biden's laptop was likely Russian disinformation was orchestrated by the Biden campaign. These are American intelligence officers, including former CIA directors, directly working in a partisan manner in support of a leftist agenda in defiance of their oath to defend the Constitution and not in support of American democracy. Americans are increasingly at a lost loss. What bureau will stand up for the American people. This is what impels the American Thinker article uh, about the need for barbarian patriots who will insist on accountability for brazen dishonesty and malfeasance. And that, my friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk. Go to americacanwetalk.org to hear everything in this show we've ever said. It's all there, americacanwetalk.org. I do this show to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-